welcome to the Calorie Deficit University podcast. Uh, Thank you if you are a returner, uh, regular listener. I'm so thankful for you um, and all the support that you have to bring to our podcast. If you are new here and have just stumbled um, across our podcast, uh, welcome. Um, We talk about lots of different fitness, health and wellness topics here, all surrounding supporting the sustainable lifestyle of a calorie deficit and how to achieve and attain that. Um, Today, we're talking about the foundational gym movements that um, you should master. Um, I am a personal trainer, um, and so my personal expertise is in the gym. Um, Movements in the gym, I used to be an athlete. Um, I was a swimmer, so I love working out. I love the gym. And so there are some key foundational gym movements that are really important to master for a few reasons. Um, One of those reasons would be to support a calorie deficit, you should go to the gym. That is amazing. Going to the gym is going to help you be in more of a calorie deficit. The more movement you have, the more you're going to burn. Um, Number two is movement is super important to the, the health and wellness and sustainable Uh, longevity of your life. If you want to live a long time, you need to move. Um, My favorite slogan, if you don't move it, you're going to lose it. So um, number three is strength. Strength and conditioning is so, so important. Like I would much rather have somebody only do strength and conditioning and no cardio um, (laughs) because strength is what's going to help you forever, right? So strength is um, what helps us fight against the effects of uh, and pulls of gravity. Um, strength is what helps you be able to live a long um, and injury-free life. Um, for example, like you're going to be lifting things and moving your body forever. So why not spend time practicing um, resistance and strength training so that you can move um, without pain or injury for the rest of your life? All right, just common sense. So we're just going to work through kind of the different foundational movements. Um, and there are two books, and I'll, I'll list the two books in the description of the podcast um, that are really, really helpful. They're actually textbooks um, that I've studied from for personal training um, that talk about uh, just the squat, like just the use of the barbell um, in its entirety as well as how to train with the barbell. Um, They're really, really helpful in working through how to properly train um, and like how to properly do like resistance training, uh, progressive overload, um, really important things like that to help make you the strongest that you can possibly be. So let's start with my favorite, the legs. Just kidding. I, I love all like upper body, lower body, whatever it is, but let's start with the legs. I think the most foundational movement that you could possibly learn um, overall, my my number one is the squat. And the reason that is, is because the squat uses the entire body. Um, In order to properly uh, perform a squat, you're going to have your upper body engaged. So you're going to have your back engaged to be able to support the bar. Um, You're going to have, you know, even your chest is going to be engaged to support the back um, in order to have that bar and the weight supported. You're going to be using your core in order to really um, keep 
the bar like properly uh, sustained in your equilibrium in your movement as well as push the bar upward with the loaded weight. And then you're going to use the entirety of your leg system. So every every aspect of your of your leg is going to be working even your calves. Okay. Um, and there are lots of different squat variations that you can do, but the traditional squat movement is, is amazing. If you can master that, you are, you're golden, you're set. Um, and it, it, it takes a long time to master the squat. All these movements that I'm going to talk about today take a long time to master. I mean, people spend their whole lives, their whole profession on mastering the squat. Um, cause there are lots of different squat positions that you can do that work best for you. Um, you know, you've got a sumo squat, you can point your toes more outward, point your toe or toes more forward. Um, you know, you can do your squat like sumo uh, outside of your shoulders, at your shoulders in whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to try, whatever you want to master. Great. Just go for the squat. So like a squat variation, something that, um, I really enjoy that, um, is also death, um, is going to be a Bulgarian split squat. So, Bulgarian split squats, why they're so great and why I program all my clients to do them is because they're really technical. Um, they, they really make you focus on using every ounce of your body, of your muscles. You have to really, really have this mind muscle connection in order to perform the Bulgarian split squat correctly. Um, so if you are familiar with the Bulgarian split squat, please Google it, look it up. It's amazing. Again, within that, there are other variations as well. So, um, Bulgarian split squat is going to also strengthen your squat, um, is going to give you major mad legs. Like you, if you want to grow your leg strength, do a Bulgarian split squat. They're going to make you cry. They're going to make you scream and you're going to hate them, but they're so good for you. Really, truly. The next movement um, that I want to talk about that is very foundational, um, that is really good to master, is the deadlift. And out of all of the movements I'm going to talk about today, personally, the deadlift is my least favorite for me to do perform in the gym. I I have some um, scoliosis and some hip pain that I'm working on healing and adjusting with my chiropractor. And so the deadlift is incredibly uncomfortable for me. Um, I just don't, don't like it, but the variation that I, that I do enjoy performing for my own strength, um, is the RDL, the Romanian deadlift, cause it's less, uh, strain on my hip. Cause I can use a bigger hip hinge in order to perform that movement. So why is the deadlift important? It's super functional. Um, it's again going to strengthen your overall legs. Again, it's going to use your entire body. You're going to have to engage your back, your core. Um, it is the most, uh, what, when I say functional, it's the most like what you would do out in the world, right? So it's going to help you learn how to pick things up that are really, really heavy without hurting your lower back, um, without hurting the, you, you know, your upper back, without hurting your body. So that's the deadlift is really important to learn to perform. Again, a very technical um, movement. People have spent their whole lives trying to perfect it. They've spent careers uh, trying to compete with it. It's amazing. It's going to help you really get strong. Um, another movement, the third movement for the legs that 
I really enjoy that has become more popularized but has traditionally not been very popular in the past um, and is kind of debated. Like I have a really awesome um, tactical trainer that I, he has trained me and I love him. He's one of like my, I just, he's awesome. And I'm going to try and get him on the podcast, even though he's not a big fan of social media. (laughs) His name's G and he does tactical training and he's so cool and he hates the hip thrust. I have asked him to program me hip thrust in the past and he's looked at me like I'm crazy. He said, well, if you're doing squats and deadlifts, why would you need a hip thrust? He's like, you're getting that same movement. And I've tried to explain to him the benefits of a hip thrust, but I digress. We agree to disagree, which is fine to do. And um, it's great because it helps us both grow a lot. The reason I like the hip thrust is because it's, again, another functional movement. It is less of engaging the whole body and more of like an isolated movement with the glute. Um, It is good for both men and women to do. Seriously, everybody needs to do a hip thrust. Again, it's a very technical um, leg movement, but it's so, 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 so good for strengthening your glutes. Um, and, and I would say like your lower back as well. It's going to really strengthen that. Let's move on to the upper body. So a lot of people get flat because they either train upper body too much or they don't train it enough. Um, it is so important to train your upper body just as much as you train your lower body, your legs, um, to have a well-rounded overall strong body. So the first thing that we're going to start with is one of my favorites. I It's still super technical for me. I'm still trying to learn um, the best adjustments and form for myself. And for women, it can be especially difficult because we are genetically predisposed to not be super strong in our upper body, but it is the bench press. Um, the bench press is great because it is using not just your chest, but your entire arm and you're engaging your back if you're doing the uh, bench press appropriately. So within the bench press, you have just a traditional um, bench press. You have an incline and a decline bench press. So try out all the different variations. All of them can be really helpful. Um, There are lots of different opinions about techniques. I, I have found more opinions about, I think, the bench press than anything else um, because it is very technical and everyone kind of has their own own thing. Um, and with that, I think something to mention with these movements is like range of motion. So everybody's range of motion is different. Everybody's bodies are different. So that's why you have to find kind of the, there's a lot of opinions out there in variations and and form and technique. And, And that's why it's super important to kind of try all the safe, you know, very recommended, um, very researched techniques in order to figure out what works best for you and your body. Um, some people like to engage their upper back more on the bench press than not. I particularly really need and like to engage my back um, and press deeply into my back in order to get a good heavy lift. Um, so anyways, just try it out. Um, it's really, really important. Bench press is awesome. The second one is going to be the overhead press. And I think the overhead press is probably one of the the compound movements out of all of the ones that I'm listing. Um, 
that is performed incorrectly um, and can lead to some of the most dangerous injuries out there. So please, before you perform an overhead press, um, please, please, please do your research and, and get someone who's an expert to help you perform it correctly. It can lead to severe spinal injuries if you're not careful. Um, so please, please be careful. Um, and why that is, is because you're taking a relatively heavy weight um, and you're lifting it up and over your spine. You're lifting it up and over your head. And in order to do that, it takes incredible strength um, and incredible technique. Again, this can be a full body movement. If you're, you know, using a little bit of your legs for support, um, it is an awesome compound movement to get included into your routine. The third item is going to be pull-ups. Yay, pull-ups! <laughs> pull-ups are so hard, um, and not enough people train and practice pull-ups. Again, a very full body movement. If you can do a pull-up, you are a bad A. I'm trying to keep uh, non-explicit rating here. Um, but seriously, pull-ups are such a functional thing to do. Um, really, really important. Uses all your upper body strength. Um, your core is engaged. Everything is so, 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 so good. Really try and work on pull-ups. If you can't do a full pull-up by yourself, there are lots of different assistive techniques in order to do that. Um, you can use a band. Um, you can do, oh gosh, what is it called? Where you put like the barbell um, down in the squat assist and you like do a reverse pull-up. What is that called? I, it's completely blanking my mind. Um, but if you look it up, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, seriously, try and do pull-ups. It's a good mental challenge, good physical challenge. Um, it'll bring you lots of, um, happiness, reward, and satisfaction once you can do a pull-up. Seriously, it's like, uh, ah, I did a pull-up, yay! And you'll also look super sick in the gym. Like, all the people who do pull-ups and look really, really good while doing them and aren't, like, flailing around, I always just stare at them in the gym. I'm like, wow, you you just look like you know what you're doing. Um, awesome. So I'm going to mention, too, so we went through the, the lower body. We went through the upper body. We talked about core all the way throughout. Now I'm going to talk about a couple of my favorite accessory items. So something to really mention is all I've talked about before are compound movements, and compound movements are the foundation of strength and conditioning training that you should master and need to master. And they need to be the primary focus of your training. And the secondary focus are accessory movements. Accessory movements can be um, helpful to prevent injury. Um, they can be helpful when you lack strength. So for example, like for women, if they have a hard time with bench press because they're genetically predisposed not to have strong chest muscles because we have breasts, um, they can help with gaining strength in that area when you can't lift anymore on, um, you know, the barbell on the, um, on the bench press. So my favorite are going to be like bicep variations. So I really like to do bicep work out um, seated because you're less likely to use momentum in order to lift that um, dumbbell, for example. So you've got awesome things like preacher curls, um, just seated bicep curls, seated um, hammer curls, seated posterior hammer curls, um, things like that. Um, the next thing to talk about uh, for the arm is going to be tricep. For triceps, I really only like um, tricep 
uh, pull downs or push downs um, because a lot of tricep exercises out there um, can be really tough on your elbow joint. Um, and because if you're doing compound movements like a bench press and things like that, you're you're going to be working that tricep head. Um, so the pushdown is really, in my opinion, a very safe um, movement to perform. You can do an overhead tricep extension. Um, just again, make sure you're doing the proper form or you can really hurt your hurt your elbow. Um, you could also do tricep dips. Those are really great to strengthen the overall muscle as well. Um, for your back, I love accessory work for the back because it's such a big muscle that um, a lot of the times your arms get fatigued before your back does. And so it's like, great. I can't do as many pull-ups as I need to do because my arms are getting fatigued. So my favorite um, back movements that really help target target the back when your arms are super tired is going to be a pendlay row or um, a bent over row. You can also do um, bent over back flies. Um, a seated row is really good too. Make sure you're doing a seated row correctly. I think that's another movement that most people don't know how to do correctly to actually use and target the back and they end up using their arms when they it's a back exercise. Um, a lat pull down will really help uh, support your pull up as well. Um, with the lat pull down, I like to use the rows uh, attachment, which is like the single, the two hand grip attachment. Um, I like to replace that with the lat pull down and use that to really, um, harness in and strengthen and tighten that middle back. So those are my favorite accessory works for just accessory works. There's really no other accessory works that I will include in because there's too many. Once you start saying, oh, well, yeah, I like this accessory. I like this accessory. Then you're moving into just doing accessory works workouts instead of focusing on the fundamentals, um, the compound movements. Because if you're good at the compound movements and you can do all those, then there's not a ton of need for the accessories um, unless you need strength in a specific area. Unless you're weak in a specific area, maybe like... Um, you have genetically predisposed like weak calf muscles. So you need to do some calf raises or maybe you are trying to incorporate running. And so you need to do some calf exercises to strengthen um, maybe your ankles or your, or your feet or things like that. That's when accessory work needs to come in is when you're working for specific injuries, goals, genetic predisposed parts. Like for example, my husband has genetically predisposed uh, low chest muscles. So he needs to do some cable flies to really get those chest muscles um, activated because he gets exhausted after the bench. It's like, okay, I need to go do some accessory work to really, really pump my chest up. Um, those sorts of things. So cardio, let's move on to cardio, cardio, everybody's favorite. Nope hate cardio. Um, if you love cardio, good for you. Some things within cardio. Um, I'm anti-hit cardio because most of the time, like for example, Greg Doucette is a big proponent of this. Most of the time people who are doing hit cardio are actually not doing hit cardio. High intensity interval training is high intensity interval training. That means you're going as hard and as fast as you possibly can like you're about to literally die you're maxing out your heart rate you're maxing out absolutely everything for an interval um, most people aren't doing that 
Why? Because that's really, really difficult and like literally you feel like you're about to die. <laughs> and so that's not very fun. So usually what they're just doing is either interval training or um, just like just training. They're not actually doing HIT. Um, so why? Why do I not like HIT? Um, because there are much more beneficial things to do. Uh, spiking your heart rate up really, really high for intervals or for a long period of time can actually be dangerous if you're not being monitored or, you know, doing it for a certain reason, like you're an athlete and you're training for an event. It can be very, 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 very dangerous. Um, and so that, and then also there are just other negative health effects that you don't need to work your heart absolutely that hard. So what would I rather you do? Um, things like that are called steady state cardio. So steady state cardio is where you're keeping your heart rate at a steady state. So this is where you can really work to tweak your heart, to strengthen your heart, um, to really understand your uh, heart and your heart rate and things like that. So steady state cardio is like picking a steady state, um, a heart rate for your height, age, gender, uh, weight, and just working out at that, um, for a certain period of time. So for example, I recommend that clients walk every day for at least 15 to 30 minutes. Um, walking is like the most underrated forms of cardio that there is. We were designed and meant to walk. We were designed, um, and meant to be upright and moving, right? That is how our body is literally designed. Our spines are straight. Um, our muscles all contract in a way that forces us upward against the effects of gravity. So walking is really, 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 really important. And honestly is, in my opinion, one of the only cardios that you need unless there's training for a specific event. If you're just focusing on fat loss or weight loss and, and then focusing on the fundamentals, strength and conditioning that we've been talking about, your form of cardio should just be walking. Um, so for example, for me, I walk and I like to keep my heart rate 150 or below, um, because for me, that cadence is really, really good. That steady state range is really, really good. So I'm not overdoing my heart, um, but I'm getting a good enough cardiovascular workout in to where it's challenging because I'm getting my heart rate up, but not to the point where I'm having negative heart effects um, on my health. Consult your doctor for that. Consult your personal trainer for that. They'll know how to help you figure out works best for you. So why do we talk about these fundamental movements? Um, because I find that people don't know what to do when they go into the gym. There's too much information out there. There's too many workouts out there online. Um, everybody claims to be an expert. Everybody claims to know what they're doing. Um, and there's not really a good line or guidance for that because that's very opinion-based. Even me sharing this is technically opinion-based. Um, but why I'm mentioning the two textbooks that I mentioned earlier that I'm going to list in the podcast description um, is because it's backed up by research. Um, these foundational gym movements have been studied um, and tested for strength um, for many years. And I don't know, scientific research wins, I think. Yeah, instead of someone's opinion, I, I do. Um, so, two, I 
focus on trusting the people um, who practice what they preach, right? So it's like, man, there are so many people out there who are like, yep, this is how I work out and this is how I look like I do. And they actually don't work out like that. Um, And they're actually doing these, um, these basics, these compound movements, and that's how they look like they do. That's just how it is. So where do you start? You don't know where to start. You don't know how to start. These two textbooks, that's where to start. Seriously, I think anyone who wants to take their strength training seriously need to start by browsing through and reading these textbooks. I I really, really, really would recommend it. If you don't want to make that investment and you don't want to learn about strength training, then just focus on those movements that I said. Look up YouTube videos, learn for yourself, um, and just trial and error. Go to the gym, figure out your your routine, figure out what you like. Um, And that was freaking scary. My door just closed on its own. (laughs) Eerie. Um, but yes, like I was saying, go to the gym, figure out what you like. Um, everybody's body is different. Everybody's going to have movements, body movements that are different. Um, so my version of a squat that I like, you may not like, like I was saying, I don't like the deadlift because of how my body feels and I'm working on it. It's uncomfortable. I'm working on strengthening it and I'm working with a chiropractor. So everybody's body's different. Focus on the you know, the foundation, focus on getting a firm and strong foundation before you start messing around, um, in the gym. Seriously, you can spend 30 minutes working out just the squat and get a killer workout in. You can just look out, look up a squat exercise routine, and I'm sure there will be a really, really good warm up, um, and pro like squat workout, and then, you know, cool down with a stretch at the end. Um, so yeah, I hope this podcast today, this episode was really, really helpful, um, to help me get a foundation of where to start in the gym, um, and what movements to really focus on. Um, if you did like today's podcast, please make sure to give us a, um, review to follow as we, um, post new episodes every single Friday. Um, I hope that you have a fantastic weekend and that you don't binge, but that you enjoy if you have something to enjoy this weekend, or if you're on track this weekend, be on track. Um, and then just go back to your regular routine. Have a fantastic weekend. You are awesome. Thanks for tuning in.